know the vibes. Welcome to another episode of the Heat Genius Podcast presented by NBA 2K22. Now today's episode is a little bit different. We couldn't record it live for you like usual because we're on the way to the NBA Finals in San Francisco, California. That's right, we're going to go watch the Warriors take on the Celtics. You're going to see us live and direct on Sky Sports for every game of the NBA Finals, but also... You're going to hear us live and direct on the podcast every day in person. That's right. The vibes are ascending to a whole nother level. So in the meantime, I couldn't leave you guys hanging without an episode for today. So here is my conversation from last week with the one and only truth, Paul Pierce. Now, I know he predicts the Celtics win in six against the Heat and it went to seven, but it doesn't matter because they got the job done. So now all that leaves to be said Celtics in seven against the Warriors, but let's see how it goes. This is my conversation with Paul Pierce, the truth. I hope you guys enjoy it, and I'll see you guys tomorrow for another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast presented by NBA 2K22. So make sure you subscribe, leave us a review on the Apple Podcast Store, leave us a five star rating on Spotify, drop some likes and comments if you're watching on YouTube. I appreciate all of you guys, and most importantly, until I hear from you again, get buckets. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Before this interview, I was trying to decide which one of my 20 Paul Pierce jerseys I was going to wear. But it's kind of cold in England right now, so I got the hoodie on. But Mr. Paul Pierce, how you doing? Thank you for taking the time today. Oh man, thank you. Thanks for having me today. Hey, they got you living good out in Abu Dhabi time over there so far. Man, so I just got here. I'm enjoying this time on the beach. I had a chance to wake up early, uh, watch the Celtic game, then did a little walk on the beach and, and enjoying this beautiful weather so far. You're talking about the Celtics game. They're now one win away from the NBA Finals as we're talking about recording this. Did you expect this just six months ago at the start of this year? No, man. I don't think it's hard to really expect that, you know, because when you looked at the Eastern Conference Finals before the season started, you looked at what Miami did without him. Carl Lowry, you were like, Miami's going to be tough, which they are, and we're still in the battle with them. Then you're like the Milwaukee Bucks who are the uh, reigning NBA champs. And then you look at what Brooklyn was able to do uh, before they traded Harden. You know, you had Harden, Kyrie, and KD. You're like, you know, if Brooklyn is healthy, they're probably the odds-on favorite. But now we look at fast forward to the end of March, uh, at end of May, and we have the Celtics one game away for the NBA Finals. You know, I knew they were in the mix, but when you looked at all those teams, it was harder. You got you can't forget Philadelphia. And so, uh, you know, for this team to come together like it did midseason and turn things around and now one game from being in the NBA Finals, is definitely surprising. Man, I can't wait to talk a little bit more about the playoffs in a second, but you're over in Abu Dhabi to get ready for the Abu Dhabi games that we've got two teams yeah. flying out for. The Milwaukee Bucks, who you mentioned, and the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks were in the Eastern Conference Finals last season. This season now, it was a little bit disappointing for them, crashing out in the first round. But what do you make of their future going ahead with Trey Young at the point guard position for them? Well, they definitely have a great building block with Trey Young. I mean, you got a young franchise guard who, who's tremendous, uh, one of the NBA's best point guards. And so they have some young talent that they can build around, some tradable assets uh, that they can get better with in the future. And so, you know, hopefully this summer, maybe they can make some moves to get them back into contention to where they can get back to an Eastern Conference finals like they did a year ago. But, you know, their building blocks are definitely there in place. And the Milwaukee Bucks are kind of in a different position because they don't have many assets that they can move around. This is kind of their team that they're going to have to run it back with. What do you think of their chances next season with Chris Middleton getting back healthy and being back in the mix? 
Well, when you got the best player in the NBA, which I believe is Ante Tacumpo, you, you always have a shot. And uh, Drew Holiday is one of the most underrated guards in the NBA. I just think the problem this year, they weren't healthy. I think Chris, having Chris Middleton would have definitely probably made a bit of a difference because he's an all-star. That's 20 points that you miss in your starting lineup. So, uh, you know, I don't think there's much that they can do. Just hope to hope hope that they can enter the playoffs somewhat healthy uh, next year so they have another opportunity to win a championship. Now, speaking of the Bucs, uh, when I was watching game six of the series between the Celtics and the Bucs this year, I was telling my friends, this is giving me all the vibes of Paul Pierce and LeBron James going head to head. Then I seen you tweet it out too. I was like, great minds thinking like, take us inside that mindset of when you're going back and forth, two elite players, two elite scorers, yourself and LeBron and of course, Jason Tatum and Giannis Antetokounmpo. What's the mindset when you're Jason Tatum or when you're yourself going up against the LeBron or Giannis? Well, for Jason Tatum, just like my situation, it was do or die that day because if the Bucks win that puts the Celtics out and so that was my mindset it was like no way do I want my season to end today and I'm sure that was his mindset and so he was out there doing everything he could so he can extend the series and we saw one of the great games of a young superstar and Jason Tatum and keeping his team alive and eventually them putting the Bucks away in seven games and in my case there was no there was no tomorrow also and I'm going against a young king and so, uh, the, and I'm saying, hey, I'm ready to put this team on my back so we can advance. And there's no way I'm walking out of this gym without a win. What similarities do you see between yourself and Jason Tatum's game right now? Man, he's very smooth. He has great footwork. And it's just basketball. IQ is off the charts. Uh, you know, he has, he can do it all pretty much offensively. And that's some of the traits that I had. I had no offensive weaknesses. I mean, the way he can get to the hole, the way he can knock down the three, the mid-range, get to the basket. And I think that's something he's improved on in the last couple of years is his ability to get to the basket and finish with contact. That's the biggest improvement I've seen from him over the last couple of years. Now, speaking of your game, I think uh, perception that sometimes the fans maybe have is that you weren't the quickest of players, but you still found ways to score. And when I look at the league today, when I watch Luka Doncic scoring a basketball, it kind of reminds me a little bit of your game in terms of having that step back, playing at your own pace, not allowing the defense to speed you up. What are your thoughts on Luka? And do you see those similarities as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, a lot of similarities between me and Luka is he plays at his own pace. Uh, He plays at a high IQ. You know, he, he's uh, a guy who can knock down shots consistently. He uses his body and his footwork real well to maneuver inside the paint. And, and, and he's close to unstoppable, man. When you watch him, you're like, how is he getting by people? And the same things people used to say with me, but he has tremendous IQ, great footwork, great size, and great shooting ability. And Lucas done a great job getting to the Western Conference Finals up against the Golden State Warriors. who are looking like they'll be back in the NBA Finals. Of course, you know, uh, a friend, shall we say, in yours, of Draymond Green, who's who's been a little bit of a critic over the year. But what do you think of the Warriors' chances of winning the championship this year? I mean, they got a great chance. I mean, you look with that foundation that's done, uh, the combination of Klay Thompson, uh, Steph Curry, and Draymond. Uh, they've created a culture uh, over the years. They've created a dynasty with Coach Steve Kerr. And the development of their young players and role players has been outstanding. You know, bringing in Andrew Wiggins, the development of Looney, uh, these guys. And so when you add those combinations together, it looks like the Golden State Warriors will be in the finals once again. 
Now, you know, just a second ago, we talked about you playing against LeBron and Tatum playing against Giannis. What similarities do you see between those two guys? Because in that matchup where you went up against LeBron, you played a very similar style as Giannis did against Tatum, scoring a lot of his buckets inside the paint, not relying on an outside shot. What similarities do you see? And who do you think, when it's all said and done, will go down as the greater player between the two? Between Giannis and LeBron, wow. Yes, sir. I already think LeBron is uh, a top five all-time player. Now, does Giannis have that ability? Man, it's going to be tough to move one player out of that top five, but if anybody can do it, it's him because of the way he affects the game on both ends of the court. And in that top five... Uh, Who, who's like, in the top five? Well, the top five for me, uh, I have to put uh, Jordan, uh, Kareem, Magic Johnson... Uh, LeBron and Bill Russell. And so uh, when I look at those top five, the only ones who affected the game on, on the defensive end was was at a high level was Bill Russell. Of course, Jordan won a defensive player of the year. Kareem was no slouch. Uh, and LeBron is no slouch on defense. But Giannis, he's been defensive player of the year. I think he has an opportunity to be on multiple defensive teams like a MJ and possibly be uh, defensive player of the year, uh, player of the year again. He's shown, you know, a guy who can lead the NBA in scoring, uh, be one of the top scorers in the NBA, and he's only scratching the surface on where his jumper can be at. You know, he's starting to knock down threes and mid-range shots, and I think he's scratching uh, the surface of where how great he really can be, and he's already been great over the last three or four years. Now, first of all, I have, I have a podcast with BJ Armstrong. He said to tell you what up, though. Uh, what's good and we had a, a, an old teammate of yours Brian Scalabrini on the show and he was telling us some stories from your championship run in 2008 do you have a story that you could share with us from the 2008 team that won that championship that made them so great oh man I mean I think the thing that made us so great is how we used to always hang out together man I remember uh we were traveling to Toronto one time and we all used to go out to dinner and, and, and the one thing is you know, we had all these guys, you know, the, the me, Kevin and Ray, we had max contracts. Then you had the guys with me. But uh, I remember us putting the credit cards. We used to do this thing where we are. We have a team dinner. We put the credit cards in the bag, shake it up. Whosoever credit card we take out has to pay for the dinner. And I remember the dinner one night was probably about like five G's or something because we had all the players, you know, we drank wine. And then we picked out one of the rookies cards. And I don't even think he had five G's in his account at the time. <laughs> and he couldn't believe it. <laughs> and, and so he put it on his Amex, but I don't even know if he had five G's in the account at the time. <laughs> you know, talking about, you know, you, Kevin and Ray, we saw the reunion between you guys at Kevin's Jersey retirement earlier this season. How much did that mean to you for everything that's, happened in the past to be swept under the bridge and to have that reunited uh, at Kevin's Jersey retirement? Well, that was a special moment, man. You know, especially at, at Kevin's retirement. Uh, you know, we was able to do something very special in Boston for a lot of years. And, you know, it just it was only time, you know, always heals wounds. And we all know that. And, you know, we didn't like the way Ray exited, but, you know, we did something special together and brothers are always going to be brothers at the end of the day. And so I'm happy we were able to come together and mend the fences and, and move on from what happened in the past. Now, that 08 Celtics team is one of my favorite teams of all time. And I still tell everyone that you guys never lost a playoff series when fully healthy. So I want to know, 
you know, if you guys had clean health the whole way through the run, how many championships do you end up with? I think three. I think we would have ended up with three championships because if you if you notice, like we won the chip in 08, and then the next year we had one of the great starts, and then Kevin goes down. And I think we would have won 70 games that next year. And then on 10, we lost Perk, who was a big key for us in defending Pau Gasol, uh, who absolutely crushed us in game seven. And so I, I say we would have won three championships if we were fully healthy because, you know, that plays an important part. I mean, even if you look at Golden State, they would have had another championship if Clay doesn't get hurt and, and KD doesn't get hurt. So health plays an important part when you're trying to win a championship in the NBA. Of course, that team was led by Doc Rivers, who comes under uh, an amount of criticism right now in the NBA for what happened with the Clippers and now over with the Sixers. What is one thing that stands out from your time with Doc coaching that Celtics team that just shows an insight into his coaching excellence? Well, Doc's is very inspirational, man. He knows how to uplift the team. He knows uh, the pulse of the team at all times. And, uh, you know, he's very inspirational. You know, sometimes it ain't always about the X's and O's. It's about understanding your players, understanding their mentality, uh, understanding, you know, what you what you can, how you can push them, you know, push different buttons from each of your players. And I think that's his, his strong point. You know, everybody is not going to get coached the same. You know, you're going to yell at certain players. You're going to talk to certain players uh, different ways. And he understands that. And, uh, you know, I think the old school coaches – you know, that, that's been in the NBA, they coach one way. Well, Doc, he makes the adjustment according to his players, and that's what makes him a great coach. The one thing I love was uh, the story about when you guys were playing on the road against the Lakers, uh, and Doc Rivers made everyone on the team put pull some cash out, put it in yeah. the ceiling, said we're going to come back and get it. <laughs> that's a legendary story. <laughs> and, and, and then we saw Ty Lue copy exactly that when he was on the Cavs, coaching LeBron and the Cavs. When they were playing against the Golden State Warriors, I just thought that was really interesting to me. But, you know, you're a player who throughout his career, known as the truth, never afraid of the big moment. What would be your advice to Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and the rest of the Celtics as they try to push forward in their playoff run? Take advantage of the moment. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're young, but, hey, you got to take advantage of the moment. You know, this is an opportunity where you have to go home, enjoy this win, and be like, look, we're one game away from the NBA Finals. Let's take advantage of this is our time now because there could be no tomorrow. Like, like we were only able to win one championship. We took advantage of the moment. And uh, that's what I would tell them. You know, this is it. Seize it. Uh, you know, this the time is now. You don't have to wait on anybody else. That Your time is now. So, uh, you know, play with a sense of urgency. Uh, inspire your teammates and go out and try to win it this year. Now, from all of the many clutch moments you had throughout your career, my personal favorite is the game went over Al Harrington when you're talking a little talk as the clock winds <laughs> down. And I'm not going to ask you to tell us what you said to him in those moments. I don't think you'll be able to repeat that right here on this call. We'll have to talk about that another day. But what was your favorite clutch moment of your career that you had? I think my favorite clutch moment of all time was any times I had any time I had a chance to hit a clutch shot versus the New York Knicks because I've hit a lot of clutch shots versus the Knicks. I could probably put a three-minute clip on of me beating the Knicks last minute. <laughs> and so that, that always gave me great pleasure.
I think that's iconic as well for the celebration of Nate Robinson trying to jump over you and just go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely flying. Um, one big factor that played a part in you guys coming together in 2008 was your trip to Europe when you went over to Rome early in that team. How did that help you guys build that bond and the importance? Because we're going to see not only the Bucks and the Hawks going over to Abu Dhabi, we've then got the Pistons and the Bulls coming over to Paris in January. How much of an impact does traveling with your team make for your teammates? Well, it gave us an opportunity to bond because like when you hold training camp at home, you go to practice, you go home to your family, your wife or girlfriend. But when you're a, a traveling international and it's just you and you guys alone, it gave us a chance to really enjoy each other and bond, enjoy the culture together uh, and come together. Because after practice, we would all go sit and have lunch together. Then we'll all tour the city, walk around. We did it all together. So it gave us a great opportunity to know one another understood what everybody is about a lot faster than it would, you know, if we had training camp at home, you know, it took, and that's why we we're able to get off to such a great start because of that bond we was able to create in training camp in Rome. Was there ever a moment on that trip where it just clicked and you guys knew this is going to be a championship team? Because I know you and KG um, knew each other from when you were kids out in LA when he came to visit you, but was there a moment on that preseason trip where it all clicked and you saw, you saw a championship on the horizon? Man, I think we saw it as early as, uh, yeah, definitely in Rome. If you had it, could have been to any of those practices, man, they were intense. They were like the game because when you got Kevin Garnett walking into practice and getting ready and he got a full lather before practice starts and he yelling at guys, get here, get there. I mean, it's like a playoff game every practice. And you're like, oh, man, this is going to be very competitive day. It was like guys couldn't wait to wake up and get to practice the next day. And we was like, man, these practices are like games. And so when we got the games, it was easy. So we came out blowing teams out. Uh, and we just clicked from day one, I believe, man. It was just like the bond we created, the conversations on the phone each and every day before we even came together uh, and, and getting to Boston early and playing pickup games together. It, it, it just, it was meant to be. I wish it could have happened earlier. I think, I wish we could have got together like a couple of years before when we were a little bit younger. But I think this was just, and uh, uh, a couple of nicknames that people don't know. Before we were the big three, we had a couple of different nicknames, but the big three, the only one that stuck. stuck. What were some called, of the other ones? <laughs> the, Holy, the Holy Trinity was one, and the Perfect Storm. <laughs> what about the so, Boston Three Pie? If you remember that from the Sports Center, yeah, from the commercial, the Boston. Nah, they, they wasn't feeling that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was awesome. Man. You guys were part of the biggest uh, single season turnaround, you know, from one season to the next. You stayed down and stayed loyal with the Boston Celtics through some tough times. What do you think oh. about now? There are some players in tough situations that kind of force their way out, force their way to other teams. Do you think the NBA, how different is it now to back when you played in the 2000s? Yeah, it's absolutely different, man. I mean, uh, you know, guys, when tough, when it gets tough, guys want to get going. And I don't get it. You know, you know, we have this, Great opportunity to play for these uh, great different franchises. And one name that really comes to mind is James Harden. Not to, not to knock James Harden because he's been a great player in our league. But I just think, you know, the places that he's been, he's been able to play with other great players. You know, I didn't have that opportunity until Kevin came. You know, I think all the teams that he's played for, they did everything they can to help him bring a championship. You know, when he was in Houston, they got Dwight Howard, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. He had a chance to go to Brooklyn with KD and Kyrie. Just think about the talent he's played with. Uh, 
Philly, Joel Embiid, you know, and it just seems like he's never happy. But, uh, you know, I'm happy I was able to win it, stick it out in Boston, win the championship. And uh, because if you're going to win a championship, you want to win one in Boston. My final question for you is, do you think the Celtics have what it takes to win the championship this season? Yeah, I absolutely do think the Celtics have what it takes. I think they have championship caliber defense. When I watched them over the course of this playoffs, the way they've defended uh, consistently, you know, usually they say defense brings home championships. Uh, I just think that's their stable. They've been the best defensive team in the NBA this year. So they have the ingredients. And you have a superstar player, Tatum, who's a first-team all-NBA player, defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart, Brown, Robert Williams. Oh, man, White. I mean, they got they got so many guys that contribute to, to being a successful and championship team that, uh, you know, they're the one team that's been underrated. But like I said, defense wins championship, and they got championship caliber defense. So I believe the Celtics are going to beat the Miami Heat in six and then beat the Warriors in seven. Mr. Paul Pierce, the truth. I want to thank you for your time. If you knew how many times when I was a kid, I'd be out in my driveway counting down in my head, pretending to be you, practicing the little step-back moves and all of that. You know how special this interview is. So I appreciate you. Thank you for being an inspiration and keep hey, doing man, what you're doing. Hopefully we catch hey, up soon. Nobody ever give me credit for the step back. Now everybody's doing it. Should, should, I, should I tell you a secret before we, before we wrap up here? <laughs> I sat down with James Harden. I sat down with James Harden. I asked uh, him about the step back move and he gave you all the credit. I'm going to release that soon on my YouTube channel. Oh, Don't worry, I, I made sure James, James Harden gave me the credit. I'm going to tweet it to you when it comes out. So keep an eye out. All right, I'll keep an eye out for it. Thank you, man. I uh, appreciate it, man. Have a great trip. All right now. Yeah. <laughs>